Selling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. That's across, he scores! This is the Preds' official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful blow from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Welcome to the month of May. Welcome to ESPN 102.5 The Game or your favorite streaming app. This is the Predators official podcast. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com. Pleased to join you once again. The number 84 used to belong to Colton Sissons. It belongs to this episode now as we join you for another rousing edition of the POP. Glad to be back with you, Thomas. It is gorgeous out. And the drive over here was beautiful. Sunroof open. Oh, okay. Music going. So I have to savor this drive. It's my only one of the week, so I have to really <laughs> kind of drink it in. And you're right. It was a nice one. Yeah. I think we've uh, been enjoying our our trips and uh, certainly been enjoying hearing some from Predators players mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. And we have a couple of more that we got to talk to this week. Nick Benino and Pecorine were the two that joined us via Zoom chat. So we will get the chance to update you on what they've been doing in quarantine. We're also going to give Predators forward Kyle Turris a call, the man who we all know now know puts ketchup in his Kraft mac and cheese. We will get to the bottom of it and so much more. <laughs> also, Joel Ward, a former fan favorite, announces his retirement from the National Hockey League. We'll discuss some of your favorite moments there and some golden classics as well. Those are going on on Fox Sports Tennessee, so... We will recall some of our favorite memories from that early trip to Chicago in 2017. How, how you been? How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yes, um, Kyle Turris coming up soon. I don't know if ketchup and macaroni and cheese has like struck a real chord or it just shows how bored we all are mm-hmm. that it's become as controversial or as discussed as it is. Mm-hmm. Like I feel as though that question kind of starts to come up toward the end of these media calls, as you mentioned, Benino and Rene on this past week, it gets to like the 15 to 20 minute mark. And then it's like, okay, well, what else are you watching on Netflix? <laughs> you know? So it's all right. So Nick Benino, what do you think about Kyle Turris yeah. using ketchup in his macaroni and cheese? And he actually had a word of, he said, I'm going to trust Kyle yeah. because in general he has a refined palate. He said he's had it, Nick Benino. Yeah. So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, Kyle Turris. <laughs> I barely know what we're talking about. Probably a week ago tweeted a video of himself making craft macaroni and cheese at home. We all know it. We all love it. We've all had it at some point, I'm sure. He's got the noodles are there. The butter's there. He dumps the cheese in. Looks great, right? Yeah. It takes a big old bottle of ketchup and a, I mean a nice heavy squirt as he's stirring and then flips the camera around and says, that's how you make a nice craft dinner. Yes. Intentionally <laughs> trying to get the people going to some point. But as you mentioned as well, early in the preparation process, not as if macaroni and cheese was served and then like yeah. ketchup was on the side or could be added. Later. Sure. Yeah. My brother used to do that when we were younger. And I've been repulsed by it since then, wow. so I'm okay. not going to change now. All right. Well, we will ask him about that. We'll ask him about getting a haircut from his wife, Julie. So much <laughs> to get to with Kyle. Looking forward to that. Uh, and, of course, as we like to do, we like to start out with a little bit of news and notes. And as we have every week, and we were just talking about this, the NHL continues to be pretty transparent. We have had some sort of news to report on the situation every week that we have been in the pause. So we're seven full weeks in. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman gave some updates on Thursday as to where we stand. 
and or at the very least with players potentially returning to skating in the next couple of weeks or so. So the NHL and the NHL Players Association have been in constant communication as they consider scenarios for potentially resuming the season. And the commissioner speaks to uh, NHLPA Executive Director Don Fair regularly. And the league and the PA have formed a return-to-play committee that includes executives and players. So I think this is pretty interesting, just the fact that they're enlisting a number of different opinions. Again, continuing to listen to the medical professionals and the government officials from each respective NHL city, but really getting some input from the people who are involved most, the players, and and that's certainly a very good thing. So they released a joint statement on Wednesday, uh, essentially saying they had not made any decisions or set a timeline regarding possible return-to-play scenarios, but the statement also said that if conditions continue to trend favorably, subject to potential competitive concerns between different markets and the NHL and the NHLPA, believe that they might be able to allow some small group activities in NHL training facilities at some point in the mid to later portion of May. So how about that from a standpoint of we're not there yet, but we're Mm -hmm. getting closer to a point where we might say, hey, you guys can go for a skate for a little bit. And I think some people felt that, oh, this is a step back because the news was so positive. The information came out about the NHL looking at um, NHL sites, like maybe two to four of them to potentially resume the regular season, finish the playoffs. We talked about that recently. And then all of a sudden this news came out of, okay, well, not yet. We're waiting. I don't know that we've taken a step back per se. It's just, it's not ready to move on to phase two. And I know we hear about phases all the time in the news, but the NHL effectively has the same setup. They're in that phase one right now, which is quarantine and stay away and don't practice and no resumption of any kind as a team. But they do think that somewhat soon, and I know that's the most relative term I could use, they do want to get to the point where at least some players can get together to work out, you know, to try and get some progress toward eventually, you know, practicing and playing games. So in no way is it also going to be like, hey, we're playing games tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're still moving or at least getting closer to that spot because you're seeing across the country, other markets, cities, states are trying to push that envelope a little bit and let some people get together. The NHL is just not ready to do that yet. And I was reading an article uh, earlier this week on ESPN.com about the NBA, and they're essentially in the same place. So their commissioner, Adam Silver, had said May the 1st was kind of the deadline when he wanted to check in. And so same deal. If like, are they, um, People were debating, okay, are they coming back? Are they going to start practicing? And the decision between him and the owners and the other stakeholders was, we're not close enough yet to really be able to play or practice on a big playing field. So why rush this? So they've already just punted one more week to like May the 8th. So I think the revolving door kind of stays the same of one week, two weeks, you check in, you see where you are, you see if progress can be made. So I think in some ways the NHL was saying that because there were some reports out um, by some former players, shall we say, not to mention any names, some other lesser lower tier media members that were like, Hey, the word's out. Players are coming back from Europe. They're getting into the country. They're definitely doing practices and resuming soon. And I think the NHL was saying, oh, not yet. So could that still happen in this month? Now that we're in May, I think it's entirely possible. It's just not as advanced as maybe as it sounded a week ago. Something else that has been mentioned that was really kind of a sticking point about a month ago with the league is they had said that no matter what we do this summer, we want to start on time in October. We, we really don't want whatever happens this summer to mess up a, a full, normal 82-game mm-hmm. season. But 
as we know with everything in this situation, things change so rapidly and the league has gone from saying to, yeah, we're starting in October, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, to all of a sudden they'd be okay with starting in December mm-hmm. at this point if they have to for the 2020-2021 season and still try to get a full 82 games. And I think that's the real sticking point is they really do want to get a full 82 games in 2021, no matter how it plays out. But once Christmas time rolls around, yeah. we might be dropping the puck on a new season, depending on what happens. I think the overall goal remains the same. They want next season, 2020-21, to be as normal as it possibly can be. Now, I 100% recognize there's going to be changes with how arenas look, how we test people, how you know even seating arrangements look, perhaps. But I think the commissioner's point is, if we wait till December, if we wait two more months, does that have a vaccine in play? Does that change other things so that it can be as normal as possible? Because on the inverse, the completion of this 2020 season or 1920, I guess I should say, is going to be wild and different and not ever done again. So they recognize that. And I think it's very likely that it's completed without fans if it occurs. And like we talked about the neutral sites and the games back to back and who knows if the playoff field expands that's all kind of been like agreed on or accepted maybe is a better term. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, can we do 2021? Can that actually be like it's supposed to be, um, if you want to put it that way? And if that takes two more months, I think the league's willing to do it. Now, I should caveat, I think this is perhaps obvious, probably means no all-star break, probably means no bye week. I mean, there would have to be some big things that would change, but in a, in a sense, you're right. 82 is the number. They want to try and make it as normal as they can. They want fans to be involved, involved at all possible. I mean, it's a, just a huge piece of it. Probably not for completing this current season, but for the next one, that's certainly ideal. It's been interesting to hear from our players as well and to get their opinions on things. And we talked with Nick Benino on Thursday, who, by the way, says he's become quite a Peloton user and he's bought a road bike as well. So he's feeling like he's in pretty good shape. Uh, over this pause. He also talked about building some Lego with his daughters at home. You're a Lego fan. Any comment on on his work with the, the building blocks? Well, I am. Thank you. First off, thank you for using the terminology correctly. I recently learned myself by watching a TV show that he mentioned. I think it's on Fox. It's called Lego Masters. It was not for me. I didn't, I didn't bond with the characters per se, <laughs> but in the first episode, they had like official like Lego product designers come on. They were like, just so you know, the plural of Lego is Lego. I know Legos get said all the time. So that's one thing I've learned. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Nick mentioned that he's been watching that show as well and has enjoyed it. So, yes, uh, good to hear him say that. It was funny. There was a, a Zoom call that we got shared a clip with early on in the process with the whole team together, um, meaning the players and then hockey ops and their management. And Nick spoke up and was, hey, just so you guys know, like buy it for your kids is an excuse, but Lego is awesome. I'm back into it. I'm building all the time. And so he's apparently still pretty psyched Mm -hmm. about it because it's been about a month since that call happened. Biking and Lego and cooking is also something he's been really into. But uh, he also brought this up and, and Nick had said that his first concern through all of this, of course, has been the health and safety of his family. And he had this to say on the potential of when it might be safe to return to play. You know, I... I can't speak for other players. I know for me, you know, thinking about going back to uh, to play and blocking a shot and needing a surgery because I broke my arm or I broke my leg, uh, you know, going into a hospital where, um, you know, the virus is and people have it, it's uh, it's definitely in the back of my mind. It's, um, it's something that uh, I'm not sure 
when it will be different. Maybe if there's a vaccine, I'm sure, I mean, I could get into, you know, everything we read about when vaccines will come, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to think about a point when it's going to be completely safe for us to play. Um, I think that's the difficulty, you know, both the NHL and the PA face in making a decision. Um, no one wants to play hockey more than us. Um, we love it. It's our lives. Um, but, you know, our, our health, I think, the health of our families, the health of uh, staff, trainers, their families um, comes first. And, and that's the way it has to be, uh, regardless of, of money, of timelines, I think. So it's, uh, it's a tough question, but uh, I can't give you a straight answer. One will 100% feel safe. I think, you know, every two weeks, that's something that we have to evaluate and, and go from there. And let's not forget, that's a very real example from Nick Benino because in the 2017 Stanley Cup Final in Game 1, P.K. Subban takes a shot and breaks Nick Benino's foot. He proceeds to finish the game, and then in the aftermath, of course, is signed by the Predators, I guess, the next month in July, wore the ankle boot, all that, wasn't able to finish the rest of that final in 2017, but then did have to have surgery. So he brought up a point that I had not really considered, Mm -hmm. and that's obviously a pretty real example to him because it happened to him three years ago, so... It'll be interesting to see on that capacity, and that's right. That's why when sometimes these plans of resumption are thrown out there, there are so many people that are like, oh, are you serious? How do you even consider this? Not yet. Because it's such a complicated problem to be able to solve, and I think everyone recognizes that. So I tell you what, the rumors just continue to fly of all these different scenarios. Back to the NBA one more time. The latest one I saw was the NBA could go to Disney World and finish it out there because the parks have been closed and no one would be around. I was like, oh my goodness, like people are coming it's up with fun. I, right? <laughs> Most magical place on earth. I mean, people are coming up with crazy um, suggestions for sure. I'll give one more note from the Benina thing that stood out to me. We've done what, six or seven players, I feel like, um, uh, to the media since this pause began. Mm-hmm. At least three of them, I know Rocco was another one, have said, I think I might be in the best shape of my life. Yeah. So if, and I, of course, you better say that. I mean, I'm in terrible shape. <laughs> well, I, which he did joke actually. I know. I, la- I did classic, classic bones at the very beginning. You know, how Nick? How have you been staying in shape this whole time? Oh, we were supposed to be staying in shape. <laughs> You're right, of course, facetiously, but classic jokester. But my point in that being, if we are to resume, that's just one more reason this might be the most difficult Stanley Cup to win. Not only are you seeing all these injured players who were in theory out for the season. I saw recently. Uh, Markstrom, the goalie for the Canucks, he's been cleared. He could be back. Dougie Hamilton from the Hurricanes could, in theory, be back. You've got mm-hmm. Vladimir Tarasenko for the Blues, who should be back. So not only are our whole teams going to be healthy, within those teams, you might have players in the best shape they've ever been in jumping right into the playoffs or at least something short into it. Whew. Could be a crazy way to finish it out. Rollerblading, bike riding, you're exercising nowadays. I mean, this is the time. Am I stronger than I've ever been before? <laughs> I don't know. We'll debate that in the next segment. <laughs> We will talk to Kyle Turris ah, that's in the next step. segment. Maybe we can ask him how good of a shape he's in. Uh, that's coming up next here on the POP Predators official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Predators official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis back along with you for another conversation with a member of your Nashville Predators. We are pleased to be joined by Predators forward Kyle Turris. Kind enough to join us on the line. Kyle, how are you doing? It's good to talk to you. Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me on. We're uh, 
doing good. You, you, day out, and I'm actually in the middle of an uh, adventure uh, kind of insect hunt with my <laughs> oldest son. <laughs> nice. There you go. I was going to say, how is it with uh, just being at home with the kids and everything going on right now? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's we want to be playing hockey and and uh, uh, whatnot, but it, it's been great to spend time at home with uh, Julie and the kids and you know, waking up with them every day and, and, uh, just, I mean, being able to be a dad full time, it's just, it's awesome. I've been really enjoying it. All right. Fill me in on the homeschooling process then. Are you, how, how structured are you being? Are you teaching or, I mean, how, I'm sure that's different than it probably ever has been before in your kid's life. So how are you navigating that part of it? We're, we're kind of lucky with our kids' ages that they're not, they're not quite in school yet. So, um, Back at our oldest is starting kindergarten next year, and uh, and then we have Teddy and, and Coop uh, who are younger than him. So they're in this, this uh, Montessori school that uh, they have their Zoom classes in the mornings, and uh, it's fun to watch. But outside of that, we're we're not doing too much teaching. My my wife Julie actually um, kind of teaches them lessons once in a while, but um, it's not too strenuous. Gotcha. Okay. So, so not a whole lot of lesson plan necessarily. Any, any other prominent activities? Are there, you know, in any games or daily activities, any sort of thing like that? Yeah, we've been playing board games. Um, Becca doesn't nap and uh, our younger two do. So when the younger two go down or we actually have been playing Yahtzee quite a bit lately and it, uh, it gets pretty competitive and <laughs> And uh, Becca gets really into it, but it's also good to help him kind of learn his numbers, and he has to add up all the dice and, and whatnot. So it's kind of a, a double-purpose game. That's awesome. That's fantastic. All right. Well, we've given you long enough. A video was tweeted recently. There was macaroni and cheese. There was ketchup involved. I want to hear you tell the story, though, because it's, I don't want to say polarizing, but a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. So let's <laughs> let's hear it from the man himself. I, I mean, I grew up living on craft dinner as uh, a lunch staple. Um, it was just, I love it. And that's kind of how I do up my craft dinner. I make it extra creamy with lots of butter and no milk. And then uh, I add ketchup in at the end. And, I mean, uh, people were giving me a hard time because I, I went too fast in the stages and didn't mix the butter in enough. And, but I mean, it's uh, I could make it a three-and-a-half or four-minute video if you wanted me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to condense everything down into a 30-second video, it's, uh, you got to do everything quick. So, But, yeah, I, I don't – I mean, I, I'm a big ketchup proponent on craft Dinner, so that's, uh, that's kind of my secret ingredient. So, th- so was this, like, something that you did at one point, or had you always grown up this way? Have you ever known Kraft Mac and Cheese without ketchup in it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you try a bit of everything. I've had it enough that I've tried it in different ways, and um, that's just kind of the way that I like it the most. So we talked to Nick Benino on Thursday, and he was asked about this, and he actually complimented your choice. He said, Kyle's got a good palate, so I, I respect his decision. So, And he has also said that he's had it with ketchup before. So is it perhaps more common than we actually think it is? Yeah, well, it was... Uh Kind of the story behind me posting it was uh, a real good buddy of mine uh, in Vancouver, Aaron Mitchell. 
um, was kind of giving me a hard time for putting ketchup in craft dinner and, and he actually has a podcast as well that he just started up and he talks about that um, and kind of asked that as a question in his intro to his podcast so I uh, I posted the video and because uh, he well he actually reached out to me tagging me in in a tweet and I responded with the video so that's kind of how it got started all right I promise we've never done an interview before with three questions about ketchup but I mean here we go here's the last one <laughs> Is this a constant theme in your life? Are you also putting ketchup on your hot dog? Are you putting it, I mean, surely not on your steak or thing like that when you do when you're a kid, but I mean, there are other areas that you really uh, put ketchup that you believe in it that much? Uh, definitely on the hot dog. Okay. Um, I like that. Um, dipping, I mean, obviously with French fries. Sure. But, uh, another thing with French fries is good as mayonnaise. Uh, dipping French fries and mayonnaise is pretty good too. So, um, but no, I mean, outside of that, that's kind of as far as it goes for me with ketchup. French fries and mayo. Okay, I have not had that. Our producer, Elijah, says that's pretty good. We'll have to give that a shot. Okay, so from ketchup to haircuts, we also saw yeah. that you got a trim from your wife, Julie, a couple of weeks ago. How did that go, and have any other members of the family also gotten a trim? Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, it went fine. <laughs> We're <laughs> self-isolated in the house for however long anyway, so nobody's going to see me. And <laughs> it's a uh, difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut. It's about two weeks. So I, uh, I've got that time to, to waste anyways. Um, but no, she, she was all excited. She said she watched a six minute YouTube video on how to cut hair. And, uh, she was all excited to give us all cuts and that she wanted to practice on me first before doing the kids. And <laughs> she didn't, she didn't make it to the kids after me. <laughs> Wow, the sacrificial lamb. Uh, we're speaking to Kyle Terrace, National Predators forward here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game and streaming right now on the Game Nashville app. Kyle, I think if there's one phrase we've heard a thousand times in the last six weeks, it's unprecedented times and never seen something like this before and it's so strange. And So I guess I'm just curious your general thoughts on that and then what maybe this means for hockey. The hope would be you never go through something like this ever again in your career. So as we see all these hypotheticals and scenarios swirl, and I'm sure you're keeping track of all that as well, but just in general, what are your your thoughts on this whole time that we're in? Yeah, I mean, it's it's crappy for everybody um, in every um, job situation, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, everybody in the world's been affected by it, and, and uh, I mean, hockey's no different. It's just uh, we want to be out there playing, but we also understand that you know the health and safety of everybody, uh, fans and, and players alike, is most important. So deal with that and, and kind of go from there by stuff of what the, the medical professionals are saying. And um, everybody's excited to get back playing, that's for sure. But we also understand there's a process behind it. We've heard people talk about maybe the silver lining. Oh, no. Thomas, you feel this way. Matt Duchesne has mentioned this with his son, Bo. But do you do you see some silver lining in just being able to spend a lot of time there with your kiddos at home that you typically wouldn't get at this time of the year? Yeah. No, it's it's been really nice. It's, uh, just like I said earlier, being able to um, you know, be a, a full-time dad without uh, traveling and whatnot. Um, this time of year has been, it's been nice and I've enjoyed it all. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. 
All right, Kyle, let's end on this. We solicited some fan and listener questions uh, to help us wrap up this interview. Um, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on some of these. We'll go a, a little faster with some of them. Um, what is your favorite arcade game at Dave and Buster's or something like that? That's, that's from Lauren. Oh, jeez. Um, Pac-Man? Okay. Yeah, Pac- that works. All cla- right. A classic. Uh, Katie wanted to know, what are your favorite things to do when you're not on the ice playing hockey? Um, just hang out with uh, Julie and the kids and um, wrestle with them and play outside. And then uh, when the kids go down, just Julie and I watching our shows uh, uh, for the couple hours we get of quiet time. All right, so I'll ask this in two parts then. So, A, what are you and Julie interested in? What are you watching right now? But then conversely, what do the kids enjoy to watch that maybe you kind of have a guilty pleasure for or you secretly enjoy more than you thought as well? Oh, yeah. All those kid movies are are great. They do, they do a real good job with, you know, making kind of, Obviously, the kids enjoy them, but also putting in jokes that are over the kids' head that parents enjoy. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Shreks and kind of all the animated shows. And then another good one that was pretty funny that we uh, that I watched the other day was, um, uh, what was it called? Eddie Murphy, where he talks to the animals. Yeah, Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Dr. Doolittle. It's, uh, the old one was really funny, and then they just released a new one as well. Um, that was really good. And, uh, but then Julie and I, we're into, uh, right now we're watching Ozark. Um, I'm big into the, uh, Michael Jordan documentary going on right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I mean, obviously like everybody else, we watch that Tiger King as well. <laughs> Any thoughts on Tiger King? I know, uh, we've heard wow. some, from some of your teammates who were kind of like, eh. Yeah, it was. It was interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not going to say too much about it. But no, man, sure. Man, it was mind-blowing. We can leave it at that. David Poyle said he watched about 15 minutes and he kind of regretted it. But anyway. All right, let's conclude on this. Uh, what are some thoughts for the season? Again, it's been six weeks since we've seen you guys on the ice, but what did you think about perhaps a turn that seemed to be um, coming for the team? I think they'd won six out of nine games or something like that. They were on a three-game winning streak. Did you did you feel like maybe things were coming together a little bit better under new head coach John Hines? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was the most frustrating part of um, this uh, kind of stopping of play for us because I, I really felt like we were getting hot at the right time. You know, it was kind of all coming together for us with, um, you know, Heinze's uh, uh, um, systems that he brought in, we we're, we're starting to get more comfortable with and become more natural on the ice with and uh, getting to be able to read each other through that system a bit better. And then, I mean, we're, we're playing real well. We're coming together as a group. We're, like you said, we've won three straight and six out of nine. And that's kind of the, the stretch that I always thought was the most important uh, to be playing well and getting hot over the course of a season is last, you know, 10 to 15, 20 games before the playoffs start. Um, so you're, you're coming into the playoffs hot and on a roll, lots of confidence. And, um, yeah, so it was just, it was frustrating that it stopped the way it did because I, I felt we were in a real good place and, um, playing real well. And it's something that when everything starts back up, we'll be able to pick up again, but, uh, just the momentum we had going was, was good at the time too. 
Well, Kyle, we certainly hope to see you do that again sometime soon. But thanks in the meantime for sharing your craft dinner with us. All the best to Julie and the kids. We really appreciate you doing this. Thanks a lot, guys. Make a movie in your mouth, but don't rush it. Boy, you're about to see the light. So hang on to the light in your eyes and you feel it. Fred's official podcast on ESPN 1025, The Game, streaming right now on the Game Nashville app. For more about the show, go to nashvillepredators.com slash podcast. For Brooks, I'm Thomas, the two of us of nashvillepredators.com. Great conversation with Kyle Turris in our most recent segment. But some news and notes, some other things that we encountered from the week, including you mentioned it, Joel Ward, a former Preds fan favorite, just a, a great guy all around, officially announcing his retirement earlier in the week. Indeed, he did. A, a guy who played four years of collegiate hockey, never drafted, um, never... Prince Edward Island University, thank PGI. you very much, Where which you I, ha- I have driven past. Oh, you have driven have past seen, that specific... Prince Edward Island is not big, man. <laughs> not <laughs> large at all. Well, I, I figured that. <laughs> well, so, and I... If you didn't know this. Why were you on PEI? That's where I honeymooned I way back in yeah. 2012. Yeah. So the thing about Prince Edward Island, it is small enough that you are never more than 20 minutes away from the beach at any point. There you because go. Because it's so skinny. You could head north, you could head south, and then east or west, of course, as well. But normally north or south. Yeah. Your, your fun fact. There so, it is. So Joel Ward ends up, started in the Minnesota organization, but his first three full seasons in the National Hockey League from 2008 to 2011 were with the Nashville Predators. I would argue the Preds discovered him in a sense. Much yeah. as they had a, a few years before with Jared Smithson and Vern Fiddler kind of giving them their starts. I mean, he Joel Ward in no way was expected to be a full-time NHL player no. when the Preds signed him. So 726 career yeah. games he ends up with. One of, the, one of the great stories in recent memory. Again, announced his retirement from the game. Uh, in the post, he wrote a post on the Players' Tribune announcing everything and, and kind of going over some of his favorite memories. He listed one of his favorite mem- memories as 2011 in Nashville and the best crowd I've ever seen in my mm. life. Ward scored 40 goals and recorded 98 points over 230 games with the Preds in three seasons. And then he added 17 more points in 18 playoff games with Nashville, including seven goals and 13 points in just 12 games during that run in 2011. In 2011, right? The Predators' first ever playoff series win against the Ducks, and then he was great against that series that followed after on against the Canucks as well. We didn't say this at the beginning of the show. Local hero Calvin not producing today, Elijah Campbell is, so we can say this, because Calvin would be angry if I did. Joel Ward had something of a persona of being clutch in the playoffs, like really being able to step it up. Now, <laughs> Calvin would tell you that's not a real thing, and he's probably <laughs> right, but we can say that since he's not here and he won't ever hear this, I'm sure. So anyways, you're right. I mean, he would have like 15-ish goals in the season and then do seven in just a few games in the playoffs. He turned that into the big contract with the Washington Capitals, where eventually he scored a game seven winner with the Capitals as well later on in his career. Mm -hmm. So he was uh, very good in that capacity. And I would certainly think when we get back to normal, much like the Predators did, especially last season, that you would see him come back to Smashville for a game to be honored, probably have him on the show, do the whole... The whole nine yards, as yep. they say. So um, congrats to him on, on a yep. great great career, truly. Yeah, a great story, a fan favorite, and and just one of those guys who every every former teammate you talk to says he was just one of the best guys. So again, congrats to Joel. Hopefully uh, see him sometime in Smashville soon. We also spoke with Pecorine earlier in the week as well. We got to see his dog Pablo. That video is on NashvillePredators.com if you'd like to take a look at that. Who 
I guess maybe we shouldn't be surprised by this, but he spoke to Pablo in Finnish. Yes. He responded Which in Finnish awesome. commands. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, that dog speaks Finnish. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, it's just funny to think. And, and so UC Soros' dog does as well. And that was a series that went on this season earlier with kind of a featuring the the Preds dogs. But like to see it in action, because mm-hmm. it was classic. I mean, Pekka's feeling, uh, filling our screen rather on Zoom. And then he's like, oh yeah, let me just... Pablo, uh, uh, and he's like, <laughs> and like, oh, what's happening? And then he pans, and the dog's back there. So yeah, that was yeah, a lot of it fun. It was cool. So he says his girlfriend has been also been throwing tennis balls at him to stay sharp. <laughs> so I love he, the way he phrased that. He's like, well, my girlfriend's throwing tennis balls at me, so I guess I'm ready to go. Think fast. Like, Boom. Okay. Yeah. Catching him out of nowhere. But uh, he is hunkered down in Nashville and hoping for a return. So good to talk to Pekka. Always nice to see his smiling face. And then we're into our golden classics, which these have actually been really cool to relive because you and I – we both travel together in the playoffs. And so when we live these playoff games in real time, we're stressed out of our minds. I think you had commented that you still haven't started breathing since that game one. In <laughs> game one was one to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, just absolute underdogs. I know we talked about this in the past, but whatever the number is, 50 ish analyst and 47 of them picked the Blackhawks to win or I think it something was, like that. Yeah, I think it was we found 51 and 47 had picked. And rightfully so. I mean, the Blackhawks were stacked. They had just won three Stanley Cups. They had just won the Western Conference. So not only to go in and just, and you're thinking to yourself as the underdog, we just have to steal it. We just have to get one game, find any way we can, and then hopefully we can win at home. And even the season series that year had not gone the Predators' way. So not to go too far down memory lane, but that was the season where they opened with a home and home between the Preds and the Blackhawks. P.K. Subban scored his first ever goal in gold on his first shot. That's the only time the Preds won, though. They then proceeded to lose up in Chicago. Then they lost once at home. I think they lost in overtime as well. So, like, the season series wasn't in the Preds' favor either. Mm -hmm. But they really, especially in the advanced analytics portion, had started to turn it on down the stretch. The last couple months, again, P.K. was hurt, missed all the way the season until January. Like, the defense that was supposedly stacked, it wasn't known to be as good as it ended up being but still just to come in out of nowhere and that's probably to his credit one of Peter Laviolette's best characteristics is getting a group of players to believe that I don't care what anyone else says yeah we can do this I don't think there was ever now I don't know that anyone would have swept said that they would have swept the Chicago Blackhawks, but I don't think there was yeah. ever a doubt in that room that they weren't going to win and friend of the show Willie Donick tweeted out his notes before game one remembering that Peter LaViolette said, we like the way we play against the yeah. Blackhawks. We just do. Yeah. We like how we match up against them. Which, again, I mean, at the end of that season was crazy, too, because the Predators were in Winnipeg deciding whether, I believe if they'd been the seven seed, they wouldn't have gone and played Calgary in the first round. The Predators lose that last game and then do match up with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's crazy to think of how that went. Um, and, again, I was thinking as well, like, I mean, you and I are, two of the very few people that went to all of those games. Again, like you said, and we were physically at every one of those 2017 uh, games. So whatever the number was in whole, I mean, 14 wins, of course, but. Well, I think it was 26, I want to say. Okay. I think it was 26 games, but I mean, two months. Two losses and yeah, in each of the three rounds. Yeah, anyways, so. Quite quite a two months. Well, and I tweeted this, and I'll never forget going into the room after game one. And Brad Hunt, who was on the team at the time, was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. And we both kind of looked at each other as, as I was coming into the room and just kind of went, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, a, a one nothing game. It couldn't have been any more tense. And then not only to to come back in game two and not only win it, 
Just but, clobber. But five nothing. Yeah. And and their fans are booing them. I mean, they didn't score. We didn't hear Chelsea Dagger once that whole series, and it was wonderful. Yeah. Do you remember we had a nice little breakfast after game one? Because you're feeling pretty good about yourself, right? right? You win game one on the road. We went to the pancake, the original pancake house. Yeah. Well, that, so that's back to just how the playoffs work in general, right? Every game is just life and death. You mm-hmm. win one and oh, you've got the lead in the series, and like you just want you just wanted to end. Can we, hey, can we not? Can we wait five days to play game two? Because we're like, oh, well, it's going to be a split and all that. And then, of course, when they uh, win game two, five to nothing, it was just tickled to death. I mean, you could hear how much celebration had occurred in the Predators locker room after game two. And then it's, oop, media, <laughs> media faces on. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's still a, an uphill battle and yeah. a long way to go. Which was still valid. I mean, if any sure. team was going to come back from 2-0 down or even 3-0 down, you're like, of course well, it's going to be the Blackhawks. And the Predators have done that before. In 2016, we went out to yeah. Anaheim and won two games, and you're feeling great. But what's to say yeah. that you yeah. can't come home and, and get did. beat twice? Yeah, and they did. <laughs> In that 2016 series, the Ducks won three straight and went mm-hmm. up 3-2. to two. Um, Well, so I thank you for reminding me of this point I was going to make. Of course, the Predators had just played the Blackhawks in 2015 as well, our first season mm-hmm. with the organization, and had lost in six games. The inverse was true. The Preds were the two seed. The Blackhawks were the three seed. And the Predators were the better team, I would argue. At, at different points. And, 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 like, and, so, and the Blackhawks then go on to win the Stanley Cup that year, too. So there's always that aura in the back of your mind, too. You're like, oh, here they come. They're just going to you know, turn it on. And like, It's so funny looking back to like how little we knew. I mean, our Timmy Panarin's on that Blackhawks team, and we like mm-hmm. didn't even really know how good he even was so yeah truly truly crazy to be able to steal that one so some good some good memories you are using your time hop to share things and i'm like you'll send stuff yeah we ate a lot of deep dish pizza or wow we (laughs) we eat a lot of ice cream in the playoffs or whatever it is well yeah you win game one and you're feeling good enough for chocolate chip pancakes yeah it has been fascinating to go back and see you know because the the app time hop if you're not familiar will connect to your social media accounts mm-hmm. and pull things from exactly a year, year ago, two years two ago, three, three years mm-hmm. ago. So it's been fascinating every day to go through and look back. Okay. Like what, what was the lot? Cause I tweet the lineup and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like what was the lineup for a game yeah. two? I saw three years ago tweet that or, as well. That was crazy. Yeah. It, it is fascinating to see, you know, what people were saying, who was skating, who was, and playing. also like how little has changed, but how, how much has changed mm-hmm. as well. And, and I give, I'll give one more, like, I mean, we in the organization, I guess we can say this three years <laughs> removed, all of a sudden you're in the second round, right? And then like, you still give it the best effort, and you, but it's all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, we, we need a new open video for round two, or we need yeah. a new banner <laughs> for the outside, or we need a new smash car. Like, we never thought this was going to happen. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't say that out loud, but you're like, oh my gosh. Um, so that changes so much as well. So yeah, pretty cool. And I get, hopefully we're not bearing the lead here too much, but Tuesdays and Thursday nights at 7 p.m., all 14 wins from that 2017 run on Fox Sports Tennessee. Just go to nationalpros.com. The whole schedule is there. So and throughout the region, obviously. yeah, so yeah, and yes, and that's big too because it is an old game in your if you're in North Carolina, Georgia, some other states as well, and the whole Southeast, like you mentioned, you can actually watch these games when normally you can't watch the Preds. So I guess Chicago wraps up this week. So the next time we talk to you, it's on to the Blues series, which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun as yeah. well. Again, so so nice to relive them and not be uh, stressed out of our minds with. Terry Crisp up there with us yelling from the press box. I mean, I, that's always a good. Yeah, time. I'm borderline like, am I behaving appropriately or not to begin with? Yeah. I, I mean, I truly, you just can't breathe some of those times. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm laughing about it to myself just thinking back to it. So yeah, that was a, 
that was a whole lot of fun. And, and I was, I was saying to you recently as well, like even in the moment, I think we did a pretty good job of being like, this may never happen again. Just mm-hmm. enjoying it so much to enjoy it, in yeah. the moment. I mean, like, this is really cool. Like we're playing really well right now. Like we're hot. Yeah. Like here we go. We're, you know, and the Predators had never even been passed around two until 2017. Mm-hmm. So you live and die from game to game, but yeah. it is uh, it is important to stop and enjoy. And it then you're able to look back on it now too and be like, wow, that was that was really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up in the fourth segment. Um, answering some of your Twitter questions, we'll talk some more about our conversation with Kyle Turris as well. That's all next on the Bread Special Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Final segment of the POP, the Preds official podcast on ESPN 102.5. The game, thanks for sticking with us. Brooke, some new music here. New music. Skylar Gregg is her name. Not only is the new single Long Way Back out, but she also cuts my hair. Wow. Multi-talented. This is the point where I say, what a small world it is. (laughs) It's so natural. In segment three, since I didn't say it, new music from Need to Breathe, a band that I enjoy very much. That was called Hang On. Fantastic. Really been enjoying that. Skylar's awesome. I will uh, certainly look forward to seeing her soon because the hair is out of control. We all need our hair cut. So, yes, 100%. Um, You don't have a lot of time, but off the top, let me tell you to check out NashvillePredators.com slash move with us. So it is move with us May. If you've resisted for the entire month of April and aren't <laughs> exercising or walking or getting out of the house to keep yourself sane, we'll do it in the month of May. So there's a lot of cool challenges. Um, there is prizing, so we're even trying to bribe you a little bit. But you can sign up on your personal level of it's player sorted, shall we say. Like you can say, I want to do the Nick Benino challenge. Well, that's 13 miles walking, for example. So you can pick out different ones. And again, it is on the honor system a little bit, but we want we want to come back from this thing healthier than we ever been. So nashpress.com slash move with us. I'm going for the Victor Arvidsson. 33 miles in the month of May running. Good thing he changed his number. Can do that. A couple sure. years ago, you would have gone for 38, 38 miles. Like, I don't know. 33 though. I think I can. I think I can do that. He's in Colton Sissons one too, which that's particularly funny he is. because this is episode 84. Wow, yeah. you went from 84 <laughs> to, 10. to 10. So well done on the Colton Sissons challenge there, everyone. Thank, if that's the one you selected for yourself. Thank goodness. By the way, a tiny little piece of news uh, on this Friday as we record. Ben Harper, a defenseman, signing a one-year two-way deal with the Predators. He was actually acquired, well, I guess this season still that we're in. <laughs> 10, one was, years ago, last he was, season. He was acquired a few months ago from Toronto in exchange for Mika Salamaki. Uh, so he comes over, he he hangs out in Milwaukee as a defenseman. He does have 103 games of NHL experience, though, all with Ottawa. So Ben Harper, a name that you could see on the Nashville Blue Line potentially in 2021, that next season. Because, of course, one more time, the Predators on their current roster have three defensemen who will be UFAs in Dan Hamuse, Corbinian Holzer, and Yannick Weber. So again, could all come back? Some of them could come back, so interesting to see how that defense is shaping up. All right, we saved a couple questions that you guys asked for Kyle for ourselves and a few others as well just for us. Hashtag Preds Podcast is the way to get involved in the show. Brooks, how do you make macaroni and cheese? <laughs> so Kyle had a pretty going pretty good. So like the craft dinner like that, little bit of milk and butter because the butter makes it extra rich. And then just stir really well. I would have liked to have seen the four-minute video. Like give us the full... <laughs> 
tutorial. I appreciated on that. him thinking like a marketer, though. I mean, you've got yeah. to have the engagement of the thirty-second clip. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Now, I have not made this. My mom does it really well, and there's tons of recipes for this. But like a legit mac and cheese with like five cheeses, bake it in the sure. oven. But we got time during the quarantine, so I may try to give that a shot. Yeah, my mom and my wife Elizabeth do that as well, especially around Thanksgiving, which we've debated multiple times. While in the South, you must have macaroni and cheese <laughs> yes. for Thanksgiving. Yes, we have. While we're on the topic of cheese, real quick, if anybody's looking for a really good grilled cheese, I'm a huge fan of sourdough bread and mm. Gruyere cheese. Sourdough's great. Sourdough and Gruyere as the grilled yeah. cheese, if you're looking to spice it up a little bit. So in general, we've been eating Annie's macaroni and cheese we recently at the yes, Willis big home. fan of Annie's as well. Um, the white cheddar's particularly good. Although I will say in general, I grew up with at least more like a liquid cheese being added in, mm -hmm. which Kraft, Kraft makes Deluxe. this version as well. Deluxe, yes. The powder and the butter and the milk still kind of weirds me out sometimes. So I think Annie does a pretty good job of it, but I wouldn't, yeah, like you said, recommend to get some quote unquote more real cheese if possible. I'm tempted to dump some ketchup in. You never know. You, you never know when you might find yeah, your new favorite. I'm meal. not going to ruin the whole pot like that. Maybe a little, <laughs> a little dip on the side. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I like this. Well, so you asked Kyle as well. He said Pac-Man, but what's your favorite arcade or, or Dave and Buster's type game? Yeah. So I don't do it a lot by any means. Um, do enjoy skee-ball from time I was gonna say to ski time. I mean, skee-ball is an option, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a pretty good one. I, I'm from the video game aspect of like a, um, I almost called it Ben and Jerry's. What's it called? Dave and Buster's. <laughs> I was like, what's the two guys' names? I always got ice cream um, on the brain. I mean, I'm always going to try at least once. Like the whole like motorcycle that you sit on and lean back and forth. And really? I mean, Will are, you? Yeah, those are kind of fun. Okay. I always like the game, those coin push games where the thing is just going back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? And there's a bunch of coins yeah. sitting on the ledge and you're like, come on. The and game it's always just complete luck, not skill. Yes. And it's always so Great. close. And yeah, you're um, like, if I just put one more in. I quietly consider myself to be a pretty good foosball player. So if that's ever, ever available in that yeah. capacity, yeah. I would go for that as well. You are also an unreal ping pong player, and I don't understand. I mean, not to say that you're not Thank athletic. You. No, no, but I've seen you play ping pong. I'm like, you are really good. I just care too much. That's I, my well. issue in a large, in a large <laughs> section of life. That's that's fair. All right, final one to end on. We didn't ask this of Kyle because we ran out of time. What's your favorite part of life in Nashville? I'll let you answer that since you are. Still at least wow. newer to the city. Yeah, I love I've, Nashville. I've rarely I known much else. I was just telling someone today who I was texting with who had applied for a job down here. I'm like, dude, I love. I, I can't I picture know. myself being anywhere else right now. I love, I love the weather. So coming from a snowy climate, I do miss snow from time to time, but I will gladly trade 95 degree summers for scraping off my car 20 times a year. 100%. Can we ice. say this right now? The last month has been some of the best weather I can remember in a yeah. long time. Yeah. The bugs aren't here yet. The humidity really isn't either. And it feels really nice. I mean, it's like 74 degrees outside. It's yeah. been fantastic. I love Nashville. I mean, just so much to do, so many great places yeah. to eat. So I mean, the music, if you're a music fan like me, it's the perfect place. Well, in this season, we added two new hires to the digital team as well. And I felt a little bit like David and Brian Poyle. Cause like we'd be in the interview process and I'd be like, here's the 10 reasons why you're going to love it here. <laughs> you're like, please choose us. Uh -huh. We choose you. So yeah. yeah it's what do you being born and raised? What do you appreciate? <sighs> See, I was trying to avoid this question. <laughs> um, I really, I really, I don't, don't like anything. There's I too much traffic. Like oh yeah, I know. I am one of those sometimes, but Probably just the climate in general and the ability to do a lot of different things. I know we are a landlocked state, but you can still go to the lake and you can still do that and be outdoors and you yeah. can still, we do have fantastic food in general. And then just as our city has grown, 
I can basically count on every artist I enjoy is going to come here, except mm-hmm. for Coldplay, Source Spot. But I mean, other than that, like we've got Same. great venues to watch and great things to do. Yeah. Um, I don't like baseball, so I do not mind that we don't have that at all. And we've got football, soccer, and hockey now. What more could you ask for? Yeah. I do like, I, I live pretty close to the Grand Ole Opry as well. I do think that's cool to, to live yeah. somewhere and, where people travel thousands of miles to come see. I'm like, yeah, I'm there in 10 minutes. And in no way is this unique, but our downtown has changed so much. And I still love its kind of divisions that it has. Like mm-hmm. the Gulch is really cool, but then East Nashville is great as yeah. well, you know? And then you can, like, I live in South Nashville, for example, which is pretty different, but I'm able to kind of have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. So. And all right, you can drive down to Franklin and be all historical. That's where I grew up. So that's what I know better, actually. <laughs> Frank Town. Thomas Willis, the man from Franklin, Tennessee. You can follow him at Tom A. Willis on Twitter. I am Brooks Bratton. You can follow me at Brooks Bratton on Twitter and Instagram. You can tweet us anytime using hashtag Preds Podcast. And of course, continue to follow at Preds NHL on all those social channels. Episode 84 of the POP is wrapping up here. Hey, thanks so much to Kyle Turris once again for joining us and discussing his feelings on ketchup and mac and cheese. I don't know. I might have to give it a shot, honestly. I feel like I got to know what it tastes uh, like now. Bless your heart. <laughs> well, that's one of those Southern sayings, right? For the for us Northerners. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Enjoy that weather. <laughs>